Hey there, welcome to the Agents of Revival podcast. If you're ready to be healed and take full accountability of your life by evolving into your best self, then this is the podcast for you. I am your host, Andrea Griffin Rogers, and I'll share with you winning steps as well as personal tips and anecdotes on how to go from brokenness to wholeness and from scattered pieces to inner peace. So come on in and join me on this healing journey and let's become whole together. Enjoy it. Hey guys, what's up? It's your girl Andrea Griffin Rogers here. Thank you for tuning in for another edition of the Agents of Revival podcast. How you doing? How you living? How you be? Man, it's been a wonderful season with you guys. I pray that every message that I release, you were able to get something from it, that it stirred your faith, and that you were able to apply the life skill sets and biblical principles to your life. I really want you to see breakthrough in your life. And I know it starts with applying God's word for yourself. And so today is our last episode of the season. I know. Oh, I'm going to miss you all as well. Um, Understand that this is not gone forever. You know, it's just I gotta take a little break, y'all. And it's summertime. <laughs> Not that that, you know, makes much of a difference. Um, but, you know, I have a ton of other projects that God has placed in my heart that he wants me to do during this hiatus, as well as resting up myself. Um, so your girl will be busy. And that's why I always tell you guys to follow me on the social media platforms, Facebook, Instagram, and uh, YouTube at Andrea Griffin Rogers so that you can stay in the loop of what's going on as well as to get additional content and um, and your motivational support uh, that you may not get all the time on here, especially during the summer when I'll be gone. I will pop in from time to time to do some bonus episodes for you guys, but for the most part, I will not be posting daily. However, there is three seasons <laughs> of content y'all i mean that's that's over 150 episodes go and take a listen and enjoy okay some of y'all may have heard some of the messages but god may place it on your heart to say go back and listen to that one and you know you'll get new relation because i know that happens to me all the time you know i'll be um watching or studying under somebody and and i may have heard that message before and then god will say go watch that again go go actually study that and and listen and really you know and i'm like god but i already took notes and, and he's like but go back and it's just like even when you read the bible is one reason why he says study and meditate on his word day and night because every time you do it it's new insight and new revelation that the holy spirit gives you that you didn't see before it's just like reading a, a new book I mean, uh, excuse me, a book you already read for the first time. So it seems new. And you're like, I didn't read this like a thousand times, but I didn't see something different. I know for me, even when I'm watching movies, you know, I have some of my favorite classic movies. And when I watch them, I'm like, oh, my, I did not notice that. Now, I didn't seen this thorn thing like at least 10 times, if not more than that. And I just noticed that or I just noticed that they said that. You know, so you always get new insight and revelation every single time you go back. So even if it's an episode that you may say, I've already watched it. If you feel the Holy Spirit echoing on your heart, you feel this nudge to listen to it again, go listen. 
because there may be something there that you may have missed or something there that that particular day the Holy Spirit wants to use to encourage you and strengthen you. And so, and it's not just with my podcast, y'all. If it's, you know, something else that God tells you to go back and listen to or reread, do it. Because there's something there that you're missing. And the Holy Spirit doesn't want you to miss it. Or, like I said, it could be that you are lacking the encouragement you needed in that moment. And so, you'll hear the Holy Spirit say, go listen to that song. Or or you'll feel like you need to go listen to that song again. Or go and... Uh, read something again or watch something again and it's there to encourage and strengthen your faith and so i know i didn't set my prayer y'all i haven't forgotten <laughs> for those that's like she ain't prayed yet I, I know i'm going to say the prayer and then we're going to get into it because we have a lot of text to get to and uh this particular message is like honestly the most important message out of this entire season uh and series of the trigger war series because we're talking about weapons of warfare and you have to understand something that is so important and it's found in second corinthians uh, chapter 10 verse 4 through 5 it says the weapons of our warfare are not physical they're not weapons of flesh and blood that means they're not carnal our weapons are divinely powerful for the destruction of fortresses we are destroying sophisticated arguments and every exalted and proud thing that sets itself up against the true knowledge of God. And we are taking every thought and purpose captive to the obedience of Christ Jesus. So today I'm going to teach you guys something and I'll, and I'll get into this, share a little bit of a story with you. Uh, in a minute but i'm going to teach you guys something that is extremely 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 if you don't take nothing else from this series of this season this see this episode is extremely important because you have to know the names of god and now you may say well wait a minute the names i thought it's just god and jesus baby there are many names for god in the bible and you need these names to fight the warfare in your life Especially in this day and time where everybody got a God. Everybody believe in some sort of God that they exalt to be God. And so this is part of what the text is saying in the scripture of 2 Corinthians 10 verse 4 through 5. We are we need to destroy these sophisticated arguments and every exalted and proud thing. That means these false idols and false deities that sets itself up against the true knowledge of God and taking captive every thought and purpose to the obedience of Christ Jesus. It's understanding who the true God is, who the true Messiah is. This is so crucial, so important. And this message may be something for many of y'all that you that uh as I was saying earlier God way have you go back God may tell you to come back to this message because I'm going to give you a lot of context a lot of details a lot of names of God and um especially if you're not writing them down you may need to come back and listen to it so that it may penetrate your mind and pierce your heart of the true identity of who God the true God is who Jesus Christ truly is for yourself and so now we'll say my prayer Spare the living God, we come to you right now. I just want to say thank you for allowing this opportunity for my brothers and my sisters to hear and receive this magnificent word from you, God. Speak 
Lord, your servants are listening, God. In this moment, take away any distractions, any cares or concerns or worries that may be plaguing the hearts and minds of your children so that they may heed this important word so that they may know who you are for themselves, know your names for themselves, know how they can come to you for themselves and be able to combat the enemy's tactics and lies and any clever or sophisticated argument that may come against who you truly are god almighty jesus christ holy spirit the holy trinity we thank you for being all in all all in one for being just who we need for being omniscient omnipresent for for just being so wonderful for being a mighty counselor for being our heavenly father for being a prince of peace thank you god for being just who you are and so get the glory honor and praise from this moment god from our lives i pray this message will fall on good ground do not let the enemy snatch this away from your children hearts heavenly father or from their ears let it fall on good ears fall in good hearts to produce good fruit in the lives of your children this i pray in jesus name amen all right guys so um, let's get into it. I want to start with um, this scripture of, I, I kind of taught on this yesterday, so we'll kind of work backwards a bit. Let's go to Zechariah 9, verse 9, um, verse 9 to the end. Zechariah, Zechariah, excuse me. No, you're not, not to the end. Uh, let's go down to, um, you know what? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think I'll read the whole thing. <laughs> okay. So I did teach on this uh yesterday and I'm going to teach on it again today. Um because as I saw, as I was saying yesterday in the message um of ceasefire that there is a time of peace. But you have to understand who the prince of peace is. Who the god of peace is? Who who is Shalom? You have to really, shalom is not just a phrase. And you may say, well, for those that don't know, shalom, shalom is Hebrew for peace. Shalom is not just a phrase. It is a way of life that comes from the way of life, which is God. And so even in the Bible, we, we also know God as to be um, Jehovah Shalom. It's understanding that it is our God who is peace. And so I want to read to you today, uh, Zechariah 9, verse 9 through 17 again, because this time we're going to look at it from the perspective that I was teaching a little bit on yesterday of the intro, the introduction, the prophetic, um, declaration of who Jesus is or was to come. At this point, when Zechariah is giving this prophetic declaration, Jesus has not been born into the earth yet, even though he still is in the heavenly realm. But he is declaring that the Messiah is coming. This is why in Revelation, we understand that there is a second coming where Jesus will come back for his children, where he will come back and give us enter us into a new Jerusalem. And so starting at Ze um, Zechariah chapter 9 verse 9 reads like this from the New Living Translation. Rejoice, O people of Zion. 
Shout in triumph, O people of Jerusalem. Look, your king is coming to you. He is righteous and victorious, yet he is humble, riding on a donkey, riding on a donkey's cult. And if you know anything about the Passover celebration right before Jesus Christ was crucified, you know that he entered into this, entered into Jerusalem, entered into the city, honoring the scripture, riding on a donkey's cult. Continuing in verse 10, I will remove the battle chariots from Israel and the war horses from Jerusalem. I will destroy all the weapons used in battle and your king will bring peace to the nations. His realm will stretch from sea to sea and from the Euphrates River to the ends of the earth. Because of the covenant I made with you sealed with blood. I will free your prisoners from death in a waterless dungeon. Come back to the place of safety, all you prisoners who still have hope. I promise this very day that I will repay two blessings for each of your troubles. Judah is my bow and Israel is my arrow. Jerusalem is my sword and like a warrior, I will brandish it against the Greeks. The Lord will the Lord will appear above his people. His arrows will fly like lightning. The sovereign Lord will sound the ram's horn and attack like a whirlwind from the southern desert. The Lord of heaven's armies will protect his people and they will defeat their enemies by hurling great stones. They will shout in battle as though drunk with wine. They will be filled with blood like a bowl drenched with blood like the corners of the altar on that day the lord their god will rescue his people just as a shepherd rescues his sheep they will sparkle in his land like jewels in a crown his wonderful and beautiful how wonderful and beautiful they will be the young men will thrive on abundant grain and the young women will flourish on new wine now some of these um wordings and contexts uh well some of these wordings if you don't have the right context excuse me is what i mean you probably don't understand. So when you like hear about the blood being splattered and things like that, that is, it goes back to the book of Leviticus where God gave Moses specific instructions on how the children of Israel were to come to him. And they didn't have church buildings at that time. They just had the, the tabernacle, the, the tabernacle uh, tent. And so it would be, a tent where they would go in. The priest would only be able to go into it. And he would sacrifice uh, an animal, the best animal, um, a, a bull or, or a, a, a young lamb or something. He would sacrifice it to God on behalf of the sin of that person or the people. And so with that sacrifice will come, you know, um, a way that they were supposed to handle the, the remains of the animal as well as how they were meant to take the blood and splatter it in a way or splash it in a way on the altar. And it would be a sweet aroma of fragrance unto God. And so this is, again, back in ancient time. Go read your book of Leviticus to fully uh, understand more of this context. But we see that this is explaining the coming of Jesus an appointed time and how he will be a great weapon of warfare. He will be the best artillery you can have to defeat the enemy in your life. 
And as I've been telling you guys many times before, Revelation 12 verse 11 says, we are overcome by the blood of the lamb, which we just read about, which is Jesus Christ giving his blood. He was a sacrificial lamb so that we don't have to keep uh, sacrificing animals. He was the sacrificial lamb and the word of our testimony. It's, it's what we go through and then being able to share the story with others that we overcome the enemy. Because I read to you guys Revelation 12 before, go read it yourself, where it's a great battle between the dragon, which is the serpent Satan. And how he was thrown out of heaven and wanted to uh, devour Jesus and then all the, all the children that were to follow him because he didn't like that he couldn't be God. And he also didn't like that God threw him out of heaven. So that's why I say like he comes at you tooth and nail, sometimes very cleverly because he does not want you to, to make it into heaven. When we look at the promised land, we look at the carnal things of like, oh, I want this house. I want this car. I want this job. I want this money. But the enemy knows that there is a real promised land in heaven that he wishes he can get back to. And he don't want you to get there. And so as long as he can keep you tempted and focus on the things of this world, you will not pay attention to the things in the unseen world. You will not pay attention to the things that you really need to be paying attention to of the spiritual warfare, as well as the spiritual blessings that come from encountering and establishing and cultivating a personal relationship with the father. You got to do your part to make sure you have this solid, firm relationship built on a good foundation with jesus christ and god almighty especially in this season in this world we see unprecedented times we're seeing pollution and the ozone le levels and layers especially in america being being in a way it has never been before i've heard people say it looks scary outside they've never seen the sky look like this before now there may be other people in other countries that's like that's nothing to us but in America, it's it's new, just like we're seeing, I mean, just just injustice brewing more and more hatred brewing more and more. I mean, it's warfare brewing more and more. But this is all in the natural, but it's a spiritual battle that's taking place that you don't see that's causing all of this. That's why you have to understand and, and that's why I tell you guys, go back to listen to sec season two of It's Not Personal and Spiritual. Because the person you're seeing, as it says in 2 Corinthians 10, is not the person you're really fighting. You're fighting a spirit that's coming up against you through that person. It's using that person to attack you. You got to see the battle the right way. And when you see the battle the right way, then you can utilize the right weapons. And so as we turn to the next scripture of Daniel chapter 9, where I will explain this. Um, part of what uh, really solidified that it was time to teach this message for me, because God had already told me I was going to teach this message. And, and I was trying to figure out at what point of this season would I teach it. 
and then God revealed to me it would be at the end. And it's so amazing how he works because he knew that today this episode was going to be so important because a few days ago I was with my cousin because I told you guys I'm getting prepared for a family reunion that wasn't supposed to be a family reunion. But hey, we make our plans, but Lord determines our steps. It says the Proverbs chapter 16. So, and, and also um, Proverbs 20, uh, 23. So I'm just like, okay, God. But um, originally when this started, it was just supposed to be a small little family gathering coming together of cousins just to like bond, have a good fun game night. And that was it. But then it kind of turned into like something even bigger. It's like now all day event, um, which I'm, I'm happy for. I'm so glad my family's coming, uh, because I miss them. Um, but when I was out with, uh, one of my cousins, you know, shopping for supplies and whatnot, she had asked me, we were listening to, um, some of my, my music. And you guys know I mainly play besides jazz, as you can hear in the background. Uh, I mainly play Christian music. And so we were listening to some of my songs and whatnot. And she was like, oh, she heard the song of, um, I think it was Jaira. Um, but it was the version by African artist Limo Blaze featuring Ada Ehi. And um, and she, I think, I think Ada Ehi is in that. No, I'm sorry. It's Nemo Blaze featuring uh, Lecrae, not Ada E. High. And so she was listening to that and she was like, well, that she's like, now that kind of confuses me because when I hear Jehovah Jireh, like, are, are these Jehovah Witnesses? What does that mean? And I said, well, for one, Jehovah's Witness is a denomination. And so for those out there that have never heard of that before, hear ye, hear ye. They believe in Jesus Christ. Jehovah means Jesus. And so, or God. And so they're just a, they're just like any other denomination in Christianity of Catholicism. Or Pentecostal or, or Apostolic or Baptist. Um, they have their man-made teaching that they believe. But they study the Bible nonetheless. And so um, and so, I was like. So I had to explain to her God's name. And I, and, and so even last night we were talking. And I was like. Um, she was like, oh, look, I, uh, I, you know, I inspired your message. She was very excited. And I said, well, you know, yeah, I'll talk about that. But. Um, you know, God had already put on my heart to share this message. I just didn't know when I would actually teach it. But I was like, you know what? You, you kind of brought up a good point of how important it is for people to understand God's names for themselves, especially if you don't know the Hebrew. And and I don't know the Hebrew all that well either. I'm learning. But as I'm learning, as I tell you guys, I, I teach you things that either I'm learning currently or that I've already learned. But either way, I still present it to you. And so I'm still learning Hebrew and in, in, in the different Hebrew names for God as I as I read and study the different uh texts and translations of the Bible and the Torah. But um I wanted to share with you uh how important it is to understand that God's name and his names and understanding who he is for yourself will be the biggest weapon you would have against the enemy this is why the enemy has for generations because this goes like even into biblical times for generations has tried to taint people's minds and arguments with um persuasive ideologies that says there's other gods there's other deities to worship and god is like i need my people to wake up but as long as enemy can keep you stuck in that mindset that thinks that there's a that there's a um 
that there's a Buddha, that there's a um and an ally, that there's a all these different false deities, then he can keep you stuck in bondage that says that will excuse me that, that you will never get free from. You will keep praying to these false deities, thinking that there's power in praying to them, and you realize that there's nothing happening in your life. And don't understand me. I mean, don't misunderstand me. You may look at people and say, oh, well, they pray to these false deities and it seems like they're blessed. Well, the enemy can surely open doors as well. Or or, or it will look like pathways that the enemy sets up, but they all lead to destruction. That's why Jesus talks about in Matthew verses 5 through 7 when he teaches on the Sermon on the Mount. He talks about the, the highway to hell is very wide it's very broad so many people can get into that place because they go that way because it looks good and and you look at the success and the carnal phase of it being money and cars and this and the other so you feel like oh god's blessed them but the blessing of the lord makes a man rich and adds no sorrow richness doesn't just come from money there are many people that um have all those things believe in these false deities and i know some of them and literally have no peace have sorrow in some capacity have no peace they, they can't rest at night they can't rest during the day they, they're constantly aggravated but i'm sorry i, I thought you pray five, five times a day to this particular deity well, well why you why you have no peace because that's not a God. You're, you're praying to Satan's synagogue. Is what it says in Revelations chapter 3. But Satan has been so clever. As to make people denounce Jesus. And believe that there's another name in which to be saved. But God makes it very clear. There is no other name to be saved. There is no other way to salvation. But he also says that at, that, that at the end days. Every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess that Jesus is Lord and that he died for their sins. And so, and I love that because it gives us hope that, um, we don't have to, uh, be afraid. We, we can pray on behalf of those who are not saved, but we don't have to be afraid that they will never know Jesus. And I know I used to feel that way. I'm going to get to the scripture in a minute, but I know I used to feel that way. And, um, and I, and I'll share, I'm not gonna say any names because this is a personal story, um, that I haven't even shared with my family, but I remember uh, a particular family member passed away. And when that person died, um, I remember the Holy Spirit speaking to me very profoundly. And I remember suddenly, um, I, I, I say suddenly because I can't remember the exact date. I did write the date down because I write down all the visions God gives me. But I remember suddenly um, after they had passed away and been buried, um, I, I, I received a vision. And I remember being in a dry, desolate place, a place that felt very uncomfortable and, and just almost abandoned. And it was like, it looked like a city, but it wasn't. And it was like, what is this place? And I remember while I was there, um, I encountered this particular family member. And we were walking close near each other, but not really. Because when I even went out to like 
kind of touched their hand, they made it very clear I couldn't touch them, which was so strange because I was like, why can't I touch? I didn't understand why I couldn't touch them, but they made it very clear. And so as we were walking and talking and, and I was, I, I had the revelation from the Holy Spirit in that moment of where I was, that I was in hell. And I was like, I'm so sorry that you're here. And I was so saddened for this fam- particular family member. And I said, I'm so sorry that you're here. And I was, you know, talking to them about other family members, uh, you know, and, and, and somebody in particular that's very dear to my heart. And, and they were like, um, I know you tried. They, they were telling me, like, I know you tried to get faith to me. Uh, and I just wouldn't listen. It, it just, it you know, it, it is what it is. But they were like, "But well, don't worry about that person. That person, um, they will, they'll get it. They'll get it. Just." And I was like, "Okay," because I don't want them to be here. Oof! I'm trying to turn up now, but hopefully, gonna get me through this. All right. And so, and I remember, um, I'm not gonna go through the whole thing, but I remember at the very end when I was about to say goodbye, I tried to stretch my hand out again to touch them. And they were they made it very clear you cannot touch me, but and, and there was and there was almost like a, a again a distance from us like though we were near each other there still was a distance, and they stopped and and as they stopped I remember there was like a like it looked like I'm crossing the street but the the other side of the street um, was very different and it was almost like a veil there like you couldn't really see. And I'm, and they said to me, this is where I have to leave you now. You you have to walk on, but I, I, I can't go there. And, and it was just like, what? Uh, okay. And, and I was, and I felt again, so sad for this particular family member. And, and, um, but they said that I'll be all right. And, and I walked on, I crossed the street as I crossed the street, the scenery changed like literally as if. I walked into a different, um, like a movie set or something, but it wasn't a movie set. Like this is still on the same street, but yet it turned into green pastures. And I remember looking back and and couldn't even see that place anymore. It was, it was just like, like it couldn't even walk back if I wanted to. And I just continued walking towards the green pastures, you know, on that path of the green pastures. And then I eventually woke up and got to write it down. I didn't fully understand at that time like why God would show me such a thing but I but I believe God has allowed me to release this this vision today because there are some people that need to understand that you need to wake up and I will say this um you need to wake up and be intentional about your faith in Jesus Christ in this season it is so crucial we are in the birthing pains of the end times we learn about that in, I believe it's Matthew chapter 25, where Jesus talks about the end times and what's going to happen. I talked about that earlier this season. I'm not going to go back over that. But we're seeing it come to light to, in, in, in today's times. So you have to be disciplined and intentional because the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. Jesus tells us that. And so your your spirit man or woman may very much want to be intentional about reading the Bible and about studying God's word and praying to God and and really hearing his voice. But your flesh will be weakened by temptation. 
The enemy will send carnal temptation your way that will suddenly fill your day with busyness. All of a sudden, you just don't have time to read the Bible. All of a sudden, you don't have time to pray to God. Because as soon as you wake up, your phone is going off because you didn't turn it off. So you got notifications popping up. Or you turn to social media. Or uh, chaos will wreak havoc in your home. If you have small children, the, the child will be acting up. And it'll be all these different things taking place that will fill your 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 day and your mind. And, and then all of a sudden, you'll find yourself saying, oh, I forgot no, you didn't forget to pray because God's voice is a whisper. You didn't forget to pray. You just stopped hearing his voice because you got so focused on the carnal things. And that's what the enemy wanted you to do all along. John 10, 10 says he comes to steal, kill, and destroy. The biggest thing he wants to kill, steal, and destroy is your hope. And so as long as he can keep you distracted, then you can't be focusing on hope. Hope is your faith. Faith is this Hebrews 11 chapter one. Faith is the substance of things hoped for the evidence of things not seen. So as long as he can keep you focused on the things in this earth, he keeps you distracted from hope. He keeps you distracted from faith. This way you have to understand what you're and who your true weapon of warfare is. It is Christ Jesus. He is the ultimate weapon you will need god's power is the ultimate source you need to fight the battle i don't know how much i can explain this to you in the short time we have i'll probably have to come back a season four and talk more about this but it is so crucial for you guys to get it i'm like i wish i could beat you over the head with it <laughs> i mean in the spirit realm i mean that like shake you in a sense to get it you need God. You need Jesus in your life. And I don't mean the ritualistic thing of, oh, I go to church every Sunday. That is not enough in this day and time. You need to be having that relationship with him at home by yourself in your prayer room or in your uh, in your or your in your war room or your prayer closet. You need to be able to go to God for yourself and to hear his voice for yourself. Because understand this, and I heard a pastor say this, and I thought this is so brilliant. I think it was Pastor Mike Todd. He said, if you are not hearing the Holy Spirit guiding you, then you're being guided by somebody. It just ain't the Holy Spirit. That means you're being guided by the enemy. Actually, I'm sorry, it wasn't him. It was Bishop, um, Bishop Bronner. You don't want to be guided by the enemy. But that's how many people are thinking that they have a relationship with Jesus Christ because they know his name of Jesus. And maybe they got baptized at some point in their life or they went to a church service at some point in their life. But you don't really know him for yourself. What happens? Here's a, here's a good example. What happens if you get into something? That you can't get out of, that your money can't get out of, whether it's a, a deadly sickness or disease or um, you get into some financial troubles that no matter how many jobs you work, it just ain't cutting it. Matter of fact, some jobs may not even open a door for you, meaning you you're, you have no job coming in. You have savings dwindling. Who's, who is Jesus for you then? See, this is the this is the thing that people don't get. There are a lot of people, especially in the Western world, especially in America, who know Jesus and and will say they know Jesus because everything's good. But what happens when things go bad? 
as I've been teaching all along, all series long of a, of a trigger, of, a, of warfare. What happens when the trigger comes? What happens when the trigger is pulled in your life? And suddenly it, it, it destroys your life or it um, affects your life in a bad, painful way. What happens then? Do you really know Jesus for yourself and know him to get you through? Do you know how to turn to him to help you through the process? This is something I had to learn. This is why I'm saying this to people because I was born and raised and brought up in the church. But even that when when I went through my Job wilderness season of testing and trials and tribulations, I didn't I had to learn who Jesus was for myself. Yeah, I had faith. I've been baptized all that jazz. You know, could tell you how every church service would go because I've been there and done that. But when I went through warfare, warfare so strong where no money, no amount of nothing could get me through that. I had to learn who Jesus was for myself. I had to learn God's power and his Holy Spirit's voice for myself. I had to figure out how personal that thing was. I'm talking about, for example, y'all, times where... There was no food in the cupboard, no food in the fridge. What am I going to eat? Because there's also no money in the bank account. How am I going to sustain Heavenly Father and survive? I had to understand who Jehovah Jireh was. That he really was a God, a Lord who provides. I saw that for myself. Many of you have no idea what that looks like. Because you've only believed in that when things are good. But I'm talking about when there is absolutely no way, no how in your natural strength and power and finances to make something happen. And it suddenly happens. It's, it miraculously happens for your life. I found out that there was a Jehovah Jireh. That there was a God who provided because I went through it. I found out that there was a Jehovah Rapha. For those of you that's like, what does that mean? It's Hebrew that means to heal. The Lord who heals. When I went through during my Job wilderness season, sickness and diseases that I had never faced in my life. I talking about before COVID. COVID was, what, was the disease, but there were other sicknesses and ailments that I had never faced in my life. I had never been that sick before in my life. It just suddenly came over me like Job in the Bible, as I taught before in this season. And it was in that time where I discovered who Jehovah Rapha was for me. Oh, he really is a Lord that heals. I'm not talking about, oh, you took some medicine. And so you're like, oh, well, God healed. Yes, God can work in that way. But a lot of times people equate that to the medicine. I'm talking about I was so sick where there was no medication. Even before COVID. And I was one of the people that got hit with COVID very early. So there definitely wasn't no vaccines or nothing. You was on a wing and a prayer. But even before COVID, I got hit with sickness that tried to take my life out. And was being, and, and was being basically told that we don't really know how to treat this. We don't really know how to help you, but we'll do our best. And I had to, and everything that they were trying was not helping, was making it worse. And so I had to discover 
Like the woman with the issue of blood, as I also had in the Bible in Mark chapter 9. I had to discover, or Mark chapter 8, excuse me. I had to discover who Jehovah Rapha was. Oh, this is a Lord that heals. Because I saw the I saw the Lord heal me through my faith. Faith without works is dead. You got to learn how to work your faith. But if you don't know because you never went through warfare before, you never went through something where you couldn't get yourself out of it in your own strength, then you don't know who this God is. So this is the biggest weapon that the enemy don't want you to find out. So as long as he can keep you distracted, keep you focused on trying to do it in your own strength, you will never discover that there is a mighty God we serve who can truly work things out more than you can. He says, my ways are not your ways in Isaiah 55. So the heavens are higher than the earth. So the, so my ways are higher than your ways and my thoughts are higher than your thoughts. This means that even your best way of figuring it out and making it work out. God said, I had a, 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 an exceedingly abundantly above all you could ask or think way that you, that you didn't even think about, couldn't fathom of how I was going to work that out. I got a bigger, better way. And man would not be able to take credit for it. You got to know who this God is for yourself. And sadly, especially in these days and times, the enemy will keep you so distracted. And most people do not know because they're so distracted of who or what, really who their biggest weapon of warfare really is. This is why I'm teaching this today. And I understand I'm probably going to come back and teach this later on because you got to get this for yourself. This is not a one time thing. That's why I said this episode may be an episode that some of you may come back to. If not, all of you will come back to several times because you got to understand who your biggest weapon of warfare or against warfare really is. It is Jesus Christ. And so um, let's go to Daniel chapter 9. And starting at the first verse, it reads, um, Daniel's prayer for his people. It was the first year of the reign of Darius the Mede, the son of Ahasuerus, who became king of the Babylonians. During the first year of his reign, I, Daniel, learned from reading the word of the Lord. I, Daniel, learned from reading the word of the Lord as revealed to Jeremiah the prophet that Jerusalem must lie desolate for 70 years. This was a prophetic vision given by the prophet Jeremiah that Daniel the prophet had learned himself from reading the word of the Lord. That's why I said the the, but the Bible is not just a, a book of instructions, also a book of wisdom, a book of knowledge, a book of revelation and understanding. For what is to come. And when you read it, it fills you with hope. That's why the enemy does not want you to read it. He gets you distracted from reading. He, he tells you it's too hard to read. So you never pick it up. You never learn the truth for yourself. He keeps you stuck in the lie. Uh, continuing in verse 3. So I turned to the Lord God and pleaded with him in prayer and fasting. I also wore rough burlap. And sprinkle myself with ashes. I prayed to the Lord my God and confessed. Oh Lord you are a great and awesome God. You always fulfill your covenant and keep your promises of unfailing love. To those who love you and obey your commands. 
But we have sinned and done wrong. We have rebelled against you and scorned your commands and regulations. We have refused to listen to your servants, the prophets, who spoke on your authority to our kings and princes and ancestors and to all the people of the land. Lord, you are in the right, but as you see, our faces are covered with shame. This is the true this is true of all of us, including the people of Judea and Jerusalem and all Israel, scattered near and far wherever you have driven us because of our disloyalty to you. O oh Lord, we and our kings, princes and ancestors are um excuse me are covered with shame because we have sinned against you. But the Lord our God is merciful and forgiving, even though we have rebelled against him. We have not obeyed the Lord our God. We have not followed the instructions he gave us through his servants of prophets. All Israel has disobeyed your instructions and turned away, refusing to listen to your voice. So now the solemn curses and judgments written in the law of Moses, the servant of God, have been poured down on us because of our sin. You have kept your word and done to us and our rulers exactly as you warned. Never has there been such a disaster as happened in Jerusalem. Every curse written against us in the law of Moses has come true. Yet we have refused to seek mercy from the Lord our God by turning from our sins and recognizing his truth. We see this today, y'all. Therefore, the Lord has brought upon us the disaster he prepared. The Lord our God was right to do all of these things, for we did not obey him. O Lord our God, you brought lasting honor to your name by rescuing your people from Egypt in a great display of power. I'm going to read that again. Oh, Lord, our God, you brought lasting honor to your name by rescuing your people from Egypt in a great display of power. I'm going to pause right here because I want you to understand another name for God. Or Actually, I'm going to give you several names right now as well for God. El Rahai, the God who sees me. And you can find that also written in Genesis chapter 16, verse 13 through 15. Understand wherever you are, no matter what you're going through, even as Daniel is talking about where they are now, but also where they were in Egypt. God saw them and was with them. You can understand that. God is Elkanah. We're seeing this in this text when he's talking about the Lord who sent uh who who sent this destruction our way, this shame our not this shame our way, but this warfare our way because we sinned against you. Elkanah is Hebrew that means God consuming fire or jealous God. You also find that in Exodus 34, verse 14. God is very jealous. This is why he told the children of Israel, he tells them the same thing. You should have no other God or worship no other God but me, the one true God. Because he knew that there will be other false voices and prophets out there that will be speaking about their God. And trying to taint people through the enemy, tempting them to say, come over here and worship this God. This God is much better. They're false gods. They're not real. They're, they're lies of Satan. That's why God makes it very clear, or Jesus makes it very clear, rather, in Revelation chapter 3, that it's Satan's synagogue. It's all Satan's church. 
They, they think they're worshiping God, but they're not. They're worshiping Satan's church. Um, but, but he doesn't call it the church. Um, another name for God as well is uh, Jehovah Nisi or Yahweh Nisi. God is my banner and my miracle worker. This is what Daniel is also praying that God will you work a miracle. We know that we've we sinned against you and we've been we have um shame on us. But will you see our faces of shame and still work a miracle? Still choose to um move remove the warfare that you've brought our way. Turn it turn it a different way. We repent of our sins. And so we're asking you to be our banner, to be our cover. Is also what a banner is, a cover. Know these names for yourself, guys. This is why I'm going over it and explaining it to you. So let's go back to the text. Let's drop down to verse... Um, you know, let me continue right here. In view of all your faithful mercies, Lord, please turn your furious anger away from your city, Jerusalem, your holy mountain... All the neighboring nations mock Jerusalem and your people because of our sins and the sins of our ancestors. Oh, our God, hear your servant's prayer. Listen as I plead for your own sake, Lord. Smile again on your desolate sanctuary. Oh, my God, lean down and listen to me. Open your ears and see our despair. See how your city, the city that bears your name, lies in ruins. We make this plea not because we deserve help, but because of your mercy. Mm, how powerful is that? Daniel says, not because we deserve it are we praying to you. Many people pray because they think they deserve something. No, pray because God is merciful. Pray because God is almighty. He deserves it. He's Yahweh. He is the I am. He deserves your prayer. He's El Shaddai. God almighty, all sufficient one. All powerful living word. He deserves your prayer. He's Adonai. He is our Lord, our Savior, our Master. He is Elohim, God Most High, the Creator of you. So He deserves your praise. He deserves your posture of a repentant heart. So, after Daniel prayed this prayer, here's the response from God sent by the angel Gabriel. Continuing in verse 20. Actually, um, go, to, go to verse 21. As I was praying, Gabriel, whom I had seen in the earlier vision, came swiftly to me at the time of the evening sacrifice. He explained to me, Daniel, I have come here to give you insight and understanding. The moment you began praying, a command was given. That means a command was given by God. And now I'm here to tell you what it was. For you are very precious to God. Listen carefully so you can understand the meaning of your vision. A period of 70 sets of seven has been declared for your people and your holy city to finish their rebellion, to put an end to their sin, to atone for their guilt, to bring in everlasting righteousness, to confirm the prophetic vision, and to anoint the most holy place. Seven, this means that seven is the number of completion, is what Gabriel is explaining. 
So you're going to go through a season for for periods of seven, but it's to complete something out of you guys that have started. It's like a purifying process to get to completion. Now, listen, understand seven sets of seven plus 62 sets of seven will pass from the time the command is given to build Jerusalem until a ruler, the anointed one comes. Jerusalem will be rebuilt with streets and strong defenses, despite the perilous times. He's now explaining that Jesus will come. The Messiah will come. This is the anointed one. After this period of 60 two sets of seven the anointed one will be killed appearing to have accomplished nothing and a ruler will arise whose armies will destroy the city and the temple the end will come with a flood and war and its miseries are decreed from that time to the very end the ruler will make a treaty with the people for a period of one set of seven but after half this time he will put an end to the sacrifices and offerings. And as a climax to all his terrible deeds, he will set up a sacrilegious object that causes desecration until the fate decreed for this defiler is finally poured out on him. Go Now, this is prophetically declared hundreds of years before John gets the revelation in Revelation verse 12. I mean, excuse me, Revelation chapter 12. So you got to go read this text for yourself. Um, I'm just going to have to come back to this, guys. I hear God saying wrap it up. Um, so I will have to teach on this a little bit later. But at least to help you guys, because I want to overwhelm you. And I believe God doesn't want to overwhelm, overwhelm you either. You, you have some of God's names that I've given you and released to you. So that you can start using these for yourself. Um, I'll give you just a, a quick abbreviation of a... um. Of a vision that God gave me of how I came about putting together this. I told you guys I would tell you this earlier and I didn't get to it. So before I leave, I'll tell you. So um, as I was telling my cousin, you know, I knew I was going to teach this. I just, I just didn't know when because this happened to me. God allowed me to experience during uh, my sabbatical. I had a two-week sabbatical um, right before season three started. And during that time, I had a... Uh, a warfare attack um but it was also a vision and in the vision uh the enemy was um the enemy and his minions were were taunting me in the spirit realm and as they were continuing to taunt me and were trying to excuse me come against me violently as i was standing there i was releasing the the scriptures that i know at which, which you know, I know, I know a ton of scripture, but in that time, I'm, I'm releasing different scriptures, and I'm also releasing the name of God and the name of Jesus, and I'm like, by the authority of God of Jesus, you cannot touch me. And all of a sudden, I felt the Holy Spirit, though I, though I didn't hear anything, but then started to release through me the names of God. And as I was releasing the different names of God that I was giving you guys, you know, in, in the name of Jehovah Rapha, in the name of Jehovah Nisi, in the name of Adonai, in the name of Elohim, in the name of Eli Elion, as I was releasing these names, the enemy started to back away more and more and more. And even though it didn't stop his little shriveled evil face, try, you know, 
it, you know, trying to, but he understood that as I was releasing the power of the name, the weapon of God's name, because it is so, it is almighty, it is truth, it is power, it is the weapon, he had to back away. He could not touch me, he couldn't come any more closer to me, and he couldn't do anything he wanted to do in that moment. Because he understood, okay, heaven's backing her. God's backing her. And then that leads me to um, another vision that God had given me a while back, even before then, at another time where um, I was in a place that was familiar, and but it was really suddenly dark. And I just saw this warfare and and it was the the most like extreme warfare I'd ever seen. And as the enemy was looking at me, saying very clearly his plan, which was I'm going to kill you. Uh, yeah, I want I'm coming after you. And he was trying to come at me with everything he got. But what I also saw was these angels, literally in like tactical battle gear encircle me so i'm in the middle of them and they're circling around me and and the angel michael in front of me saying you will not pass you will not touch her and and, and it was just like this again powerful experience to see that there is and i talked to you to you guys before about what, what the prophet elisha in second kings where his servant Thought like, oh, we're by ourselves. And God had to open his eyes to see, oh, no, you're not by yourself in this warfare. I got my angels surrounding you. There's more that's for you than against you. And so you have to understand that the enemy will come at you tooth and nail because he doesn't want you to get this truth. He doesn't want you to get this revelation of of what hope really is, what faith really is, what who who is your biggest weapon against him. You think you got to fight people with your fists and with your words, but your words need to be prayer. Your words need to be God's word. God's word also in his names. This is how you fight your battles. Not with, with fists. Because you're not fighting against people against flesh and blood. You are fighting against spirits and principalities. Though it's a physical person in front of you, you are fighting a spiritual battle in the natural. Just as heaven is fighting the spiritual battle, <coughs> excuse me, in the unseen realm. And so I pray that this message helps some people give a little bit more context just to get you started. I will have to come back and teach a little bit more of this. Um, and so until we meet again, guys, uh, like I said, enjoy the rest of this, this season. If you've missed it. Go back to season two and season one as well. There's a ton of great um, encouragement through there and lessons through there that you can learn from. I'll come back throughout the summer to drop bonus episodes, but I will not be posting um, every single day as I have been for the uh, past three seasons. God is telling me to take a step back and to um, take a sabbatical and work on some other things. So I'll be doing that um, and I'll see you guys at the end of the summer for season four. Uh all right, so may the Lord bless you and keep you, cause his face to shine upon you. May the Lord God be gracious to you, show you his favor, and give you shalom, give you his peace. Take care. Bye now. Oh, and have a blessed summer. <laughs>